then and then next year they're like, oh, Bob, we should do like a full day. And I'm like a full day. Oh man, like bless your hearts. Let's 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 find what 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 do you think we should do? They're like, well, let's target 250 people. And I was like, oh my gosh, what, are you crazy? Like 250 people? Because you because know, now we're raising the price, right? Making a full day, we're raising the price. I'm like, you know, let's just target 100. They're like, oh, 250, 250. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. You know what? Let, let's do it. And then we put together a team. And uh, yeah, 311 people uh, came to this thing. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. I was like, wow, like, this, is, this is crazy. And they're going to pay to be there. Like, hey, this is. And so we realized that there was a, there was a huge need for people for personal branding. This is episode number 13 of Hustle with Harmeet. And you will be listening to my conversation with Bobby Omar a five-time TEDx speaker, best-selling author, and founder of Discover Your Personal Brand Movement. Welcome everyone to Hustle with Harmeet. My name is Harmeet Singh and I'm your host for this show. Every week, I interview interesting personalities from across the globe. The insights and hacks shared by our guests will help you achieve a winner's mindset as well as inspire you to live a life full of passion and purpose. My special guest on the show today is Bobby Omar. Bobby Omar is an inspirational speaker, coach, and one of the most prolific advocates of heart-based leadership in North America. Inc. Magazine named him one of the top 100 leadership speakers alongside such noteworthy giants as Richard Branson and John Maxwell. Bobby is a five-time TEDx speaker and one of the top social media influencers in the world with over half a million followers. He has been named the second best business coach to follow on Twitter and the fourth best leadership influencer according to Cred. Bobby is an author of three international books including a number one bestseller. He is also a frequent Huffington Post contributor and the host of a weekly tweet chat called the power of connection that has reached over 65 million impressions weekly. To date, his social media influence has garnered over 1 billion impressions. Bobby was also named a 2015 speaker to watch and most recently he was named a top 7 networking guru to follow. Bobby founded the Discover Your Personal Brand movement which hosted the largest event in North America dedicated solely to personal branding, featuring 60 experts and over 300 delegates. In this episode, Bobby has shared his insights on his journey from being an aspiring astronaut to the world of brand marketing, why it pays to be outrageous in life, what is a personal brand, a step-by-step guide for creating your personal brand from scratch. Importance of storytelling in personal branding. How networking has played a key role in a success journey. Tips on how to get the maximum out of a networking event. The journey behind starting the Discover Your Personal Brand movement. Changing role of a social media influencer and a lot more. Before we begin, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and you may also connect with us on our Instagram page at the rate hustle with Hermit for all the latest updates on our upcoming episodes. So let's jump into our episode number 13. Hi everyone. So let's raise our energy levels and get ready to welcome Bobby Umar. He's in the house. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So, Bobby, I have followed your work for quite some time. I have really liked all your TED Talks, which was so rich in content that I literally took notes listening to you. Beat the five C's of communication, the school learning to fly, to even how you could change a person's life in 20 seconds. All these talks have left a mark on the audience. So Bobby, today I want you to take us back from where it all started. So how a young Bobby who as a student loved maths and physics 
and wanted to be an astronaut ended up in the world of brand marketing? Yeah, I mean, it's a very long and complicated journey. But I mean, I think the main thing I can tell you is that, you know, I went into engineering in, in university because I was good at math and physics. It was, they were like my best marks, you know, 97, 80% math in those courses. And my, you know, and when I got my scholarship, I was like, well, you know, I probably got it because I was good at those courses. So let me just do engineering. And my father was always big on, okay, you know, engineering is very good. You should try that. You know, the, the typical, the typical brown dad, you know, Dr. Lloyd engineer didn't do that. And so I chose that path. I did at the time, I didn't think about, you know, the different things like workplace environment and what kind of personality traits I had, what, what my, you know, what my values and motivations were. So when I did that, um, you know, uh, I thought I would do well, but what I found was when you were doing math and physics uh, all the time, uh, you know, like particularly for school, when you're studying like, you know, 30, 40 hours a week after a while, it got a bit like, Oh man, I'm not sure I'm, I'm really into this. And, um, and then when I worked, in engineering, I was like, it, I was using only a very small amount of the knowledge I learned over and over again, repetitive, and I just got bored. I got really bored. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I, uh, I, I should have known earlier, like I should have known that if I'm not doing well in school, because I didn't do well in school, like I, uh, well, that's not true, actually. I did well the first year. Then once I dove in engineering, I started doing really terrible and I was, you know, I was not motivated. But then in my last year, I was like, you know, let me just do some work and so then i got straight a's you know like when you when you work hard and you're motivated right. you do well. but you know i i should have known that maybe because of the struggle that i might not enjoy it as a career and then that's what happened i didn't really enjoy it as a career and i was far more interested in other things while i was doing engineering i was kind of because i was kind of bored of my job um you know i decided to do something else so i started a, a, a theater company on the side and started producing directing musicals and that was kind of fun for me it was a nice outlet and but it also sparked the entrepreneur in me because i was managing a team and i was growing this business and i was you know producing a big event and so because of that it helped me uh, hone my entrepreneurship and business development skills and marketing skills and after i did that i was like well you know maybe uh, maybe i should go do something else and so that's when i decided to go into marketing so i did my mba first I said, let me do my MBA in marketing so I could switch switch careers. And my original goal was to get into actually film, film like uh, film producing, Hollywood, Bollywood, you name it. So I wanted to produce and produce, direct, or be part of filmmaking. I love inter the entertainment, TV, that type of stuff. Because I, I love theater, but I want to transition. So I did my MBA to do that. But then I found it hard to find jobs. So then I decided to go into brand marketing. Did that for four years. And again, you know, I love brand marketing. I love the people. It was a lot of fun. It was very busy. But at the same time, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I didn't feel like, okay, this is like, this is me. I, I didn't like, the part I didn't like about it was I didn't like the corporate structure. I didn't like the hierarchy. I didn't like my boss. I didn't like dealing with my bosses and the boss's bosses. And it, it, I felt the very, it's very constrictive. Right. And so, and then while I was while I was doing that, all the while, people had told me, "Bobby, you know, you're a really good speaker." You know, so I I volunteered to do. Um, so over the years, uh, I worked in in youth programs, youth development. So I spent uh, I spent nine years working for Shad Valley, which is a program for gifted high school kids. I was a camp counselor many many years. I did a lot of work. I did a lot, I love speaking to young people, youth, and, and things like that. And so when I and so I did a lot of uh, you know facilitation. And so when I, I I we went on an offsite for my cheese division. I said, hey, listen, let me uh, let me run a little bit of a team building activity because I've been doing this for years. They're like, sure. And when I did, they're like, wow, that was really great. I loved how you engaged us. You were you owned the room. You took the lessons and related it back to the business. Like they're like, have you ever thought about doing this for a living? And I was like, no, no, no. I'm I'm trying to make it big in the corporate world. I want to get to that director or VP level, you know. And then. Uh, and then when I was working in the youth programs, I was doing that on the side as kind of a, a volunteer. And one friend I met, uh, he's a motivational speaker, and he said, "Hey, Bobby, you know, you're really good at connecting to people on an emotional level. You tell these great personal stories, and the kids really love you, and they they, they really like that. Have you ever thought about doing speaking as a living?" And I was like, "No, no, no. I'm trying to make it in the corporate world. I'm trying to get to that director VP level. That's that's what I want to do." And then after. Uh, but then I finally left the, the corporate world because I was working 80 hours a week. I didn't like it. I was having health problems, had a panic attack, uh, like an anxiety attack. My health was deteriorating. I became diabetic. And I was like, this is not for me. I was working 80 hours a week. 
And so when I finally decided, what am I going to do next? I, I, I was trying to figure it out. And then I went to my four best friends. And I said, look, guys, here's what I'm thinking. I'm not thinking I think I don't want to go back anymore. I don't want to go back to the brand marketing. And then they were like, have you ever thought about doing like speaking? And I was like, you know what? Yes, because everyone's been telling me for years that maybe I should consider this. And so that's when I, I was like, okay, maybe I should really look into this and figure it out. So I spent several months doing surveys, talking to people, interviewing people. I did a bunch of uh, survey monkeys and I, um, I did a lot of diving my personal brand, understand my personality traits, my values, skills, interests, all that kind of stuff. And then I came up with, you know, about, you know, here about a dozen things I can do. But, you know, the one that really s screams at me that I really want to do is I want to become a motivational speaker. That's what I want to do. And so that's when I launched the speaking business, Ray Allen. And that was about 15 years ago. And I haven't looked back. Uh, since then, I mean, obviously, there's been lots of changes and evolutions along the way, including the TED Talks and the social media followers that the advent of social media made me be more prolific there. Um, I've adjusted the different topics that I that focus on. I now have online programs that I do coaching, but there's been an evolution, but that's kind of the spark that led the way. In. And now it's my favorite thing that I do and I, and I love doing it. That's fantastic, you know. So Bobby, you talked about uh, you've done engineering, you have done your MBA, you're also into entrepreneurship, right? So just want to understand, you know, like yes. you were into a lot of things. So when you look back at your journey the last 15, 20 years, what's your take? You feel like probably was there a kind of a lack of goal setting or probably the goalposts kept shifting for you? Uh, well, I think, the, I think the, the biggest gap was that I didn't take the time to really understand what my personal brand was what I cared about and what I really wanted to do. You know, I did, I did engineering because I was good at math and physics. So I then got an engineering job because I had an engineering degree. I, you know, then did an MBA in marketing and then I got a job in marketing. And I just followed kind of that path that, you know, people define for you. And so I, don't really, I didn't really take the time to define what success means to me. I didn't define what I really wanted. And so I didn't do that. And that's why when I talk to a lot of young people, I say, look, take the time to understand what these things are. Because maybe you don't want to be work in an office. Maybe you'd be better off as an entrepreneur. Maybe you don't want to work in, you know, in mathematics or or real estate or science or arts or whatever it might be. You figure out what you really want to do. So I didn't do that work. And so the journey that I took forced me to evaluate those things. Um, I also was lucky to have a diverse range of engineering plus the performing arts plus the brand marketing to right. kind of see which parts of me fit in those things and why I like them. You know, performing arts, you know, there's there's that speaker performance piece of me that I loved. And then the brand marketing was the people influence part of me that I liked. And engineering, I mean, you know, you could argue that there's a the problem solving aspect of that I, that I loved. And so I took all those things and put them as part of my main brand as a speaker to help people solve their problems and persuade influence from a stage and really perform uh, you know, perform something that, you know, is uh, transformative for people. So, uh, yeah, I think that, that that's probably the main thing that was missing. And I think um, uh, that's what I wish I had done earlier in the day. All right. Uh, so during this, uh, during this tenure, you know, when probably you were fine doing things, you were still trying to figure out what works best for you. So did you have any mentors with you in your life that point in time, you know, who probably guided you or did you ever feel the missing link of a mentor? I would say that I felt the missing link of mentor. In fact, uh, several years ago, uh, a friend of mine who I considered a mentor asked me to write an article about mentorship. And one of the things I came up with was that for me, I never really had an official mentor along the way. I had mentors. I mean, my father was a mentor. My big brother was a mentor. Uh, my teachers were mentors. You know, like they were mentors in the time, at the time, in the moment for those months or that year or two. Right. And then people, and then people that I worked with, like when I, um, when I ran my theater company, I had a partner. He and I ran the theater company. He was all—he was a friend, but he was also a mentor to a certain extent. So what I realized that my mentorship was that I had a village of mentors, but they were all like unofficial mentors that you know were there along the way in the process. But in terms of having an official one, I never had one until actually that uh, gentleman who asked me to write that article. I asked him, "Hey, listen." I don't have a mentor. Would you be my mentor? And then he said, sure. And, and, and it was really nice. And I, I don't, I meet with him maybe once every six months, but you know, it's still nice to have somebody that I can look to and call on and have a conversation and things like that. But mentorship is something I think is really important. 
I think a lot of people, uh, especially especially having mentors like broad mentors across a broad range of different fields, they don't have to be in your field. Uh, but having mentorship, I think, is really important. And you know, I, I also provide the same mentorship for a lot of the stuff, I, a lot of people that I support in my work. Fantastic. So, Bobby, you have always laid emphasis on doing outrageous things. You know, there was a time in your life, and even your parents used to ask you, "Why do you do such outrageous things?" You know. Yeah. So, just want to understand your perspective on that, Bobby. You know, so why it pays to be outrageous? Well, I mean, uh, there's lots of reasons. So, number one, it's a driver of diversity, diversity experience, right? I'm a big believer that the diversity of people and diversity of experience will lead to diversity of thought. So I think diversity in your life is really important. The other thing is innovation, right? So, innov- you know, when you are outrageous sometimes, it innovates things in your life. People, you know, some of the best ideas in the world have, have come from outrageous ideas and outrageous behaviors to get to where you want to go. It also, I think, fuels the, fuels the fire that burns in me as an entrepreneur to drive and be different and do things differently and, and do things that are not, not done or, or that are unknown. So all those outrageous things led to a, a better mindset for me in terms of diversity and entrepreneurship and hunger and fire and innovation and all those things. I think that's why you want to be able to, you know, some, once in a while, I, do outrageous things. And, you know, now that I'm older, like I've, I've definitely tamed <laughs> down, you know, I've, I have kids and a father, like it's different. Uh, but, you know, I think that sometimes I'm still willing to go go out of the way uh, in my own way at this age. But, yeah, for sure, it's uh, it's I think it's an important thing to just really be willing to put yourself outside of your comfort zone and get into that growth zone. Do you want to share maybe one or two instances from your, your initial days when you were just beginning with the journey? You know, how being outrageous shaped your career so far? Hmm, that's, a, hmm, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean... I, I mean, I think the main thing I'll say is that being outrageous and doing things that I did. I mean, you know, with my parents, I mean, uh, like, you know, marrying marrying someone outside our culture was something that they thought was outrageous. Uh, spending summers away from home or doing work that, you know, didn't pay very well. They, they just didn't understand it. They just thought it's, it's crazy for me to do all those things. But they shaped who I am. They shaped my life. And, uh, you know, they, they shaped my mindset in terms of what I think is important, particularly in the diversity thing. I think that that diverse experience, I think makes me a, a much more well-rounded person. I think it makes people more well-rounded They actually embrace completely different experiences. Fantastic. Uh, so moving ahead, I want to ask you this question, and I'm sure it will bring a smile on your face. What is a personal brand? And to, so someone listening to you right now, is there a step-by-step guide on how to build your personal brand from scratch to level 10? Yeah, so first off, the personal brand and the basic way I can explain to you and anybody who's listening is that it's how people think of you, how they perceive you. It's your reputation. It's the emotional experience. So, for example, when I engage people on this talk with you, are people feeling that I'm warm, engaging, funny, or are they are they are they seeing that I'm cold, dry, witty? I mean, what are they experiencing? So, your personal brand is really how people experience you. Uh, on an emotional level, uh, just, just like a corporate brand. A corporate brand is how you experience the brand on an emotional level, whether it's food or whether it's something you wear. You know, Let's say you have Air Jordan sneakers and you love those sneakers so much. It creates some sort of experience, an emotional experience, a, a joy of happiness of some sort. So your personal brand is the same thing. Uh, you know, And I always say your personal brand is your promise delivered to everyone you come to contact with. What is your promise to people you engage? So like, for example, me, my promise to people is that I will be warm, I'll be engaging, I will create an environment of trust, and uh, that's that's the way I engage people. Even right, here, right. that's how I am. So that's my promise to people. So for me, that that's your personal brand. Now, and what's interesting is that personal brand is designed by the people around you, how they perceive you, which means that you have a personal brand whether you like it or not. So when it comes to uh, discovering and designing and delivering on your personal brand, yeah, it takes work. If you really want to do a good job, you have to do that self-analysis, that self-reflection and self-awareness building piece, which is what we call the discovery phase. It's broken into three parts, the discovery phase. So that's that, that self-analysis piece. So that's the first step. The second step, and, once you, and that's actually the hardest part, and that's the one that everyone avoids doing. Personal brand is broken down into three areas, discovering your brand, designing your brand, and delivering your brand. And most right. of us focus on the second one, which is designing your brand. You're constantly... Updating your website, updating your resume, working on your 
presentation skills, working on your communication skills. You're always working on putting together a great brand. But what people don't don't do is they don't spend time on that first part, which is to really dive deep and spend hours and hours understanding how your network sees you, how your friends see you, how the world sees you, what your value, skills, traits are, your own self-reflection, your own personal assessment, and then really understanding that on a deeper fundamental level to then start designing a really, really right, super, right. super aligned brand. Because when you just design a brand, and you know, a lot of people design, and I often help people design brands from scratch. Like just the other day, I was doing a storytelling workshop and I just helped them quickly with a framework to kind of come up with a, a brief a brief snapshot of their brand. But, you know, that's really about 60% there. It's not, you know, and when, when it's only 60%, we design it by yourself without doing the, the deep dive work. You may hit 60%, maybe you'll hit 65% of alignment and everything. And you'll go off on a path. But what will happen is because there's 35% missing, two years later, you're going to be bored. Or right. six years later, you're be like, you know, I'm not getting the results I want. And so if you go back to the, di- the deep dive work, then when you get to the design phase, now we're at 85, 95, 99% alignment. And that's when the magic happens. Because once you dive into that brand and you can design it, then you have greater focus, greater clarity, greater direction, greater alignment, and ultimately you get greater impact. And so right. I think a lot of people don't want to do that process. So then when you design it, now you're looking at your target audience, your objectives, what are you trying to do? What are the, what are the things I'm good at? What are the things I need to develop? Now let's put together a, a social media plan, a marketing plan, a digital plan, a, you know, a strategic plan. And we get re- and then we start thinking about how we want to put the brand out there. And you put that all together, your, your LinkedIn profile, your website, your logo, whatever you might want to do. And then the last phase is the delivery of your brand. Now you're putting, you're putting content out there. The website's live. Your LinkedIn profile's live. You're right. now measuring results. You're engaging people. You're, you know, mo- you're looking at the, the results and the data and then recalibrating and adjusting as you go along. And that's really the process for doing it. But, you know, if you want to, and then once you have that process, then we focus on, you said, how do we get to 10? Well, what I say to most people is that, you know, one is to build a strong personal brand. The second part is to build a thought leadership personal brand. Like, you know, establish your own authority in your field and become a thought leader no matter what field you're in. Whether you're a shoemaker or a cryptocurrency person, or someone who likes, uh, you know, likes uh, designing mouses or, or or swall bottles, right? You can become the authority in your field by becoming a thought leader. So then, the, then the question is, to get you to ten, how do we make you a thought leadership person? And that again comes from uh, the delivery piece, which is broken down into three areas, which is you know building relationships, broad and deep, creating content, generating new ideas, and then number three, working on your speaking, communication, and storytelling skills. And if you do that. That's how you can establish yourself as a thought leader. So it, it's it's a it's, it is a process, and it can be designed. In fact, I have an entire course on the, the discovery phase, and then the design and the delivery phase is more of a consultation to get people to where they want to go. But yeah, that's exactly what I've done to help thousands of people uh, over the last uh, 10, 15 years. And that's amazing, you know. Like listeners, I must say, Bobby today is dropping uh, bombs and nuggets for us. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your insights on that, Bobby. Um, <laughs> So just one more thing, these these steps, you know, discover, designing and delivering. So right. the basics, they remain the same, uh, whether it's a personal brand for an individual or a personal brand for a company. Uh, well, I mean, there's different, uh, the, the principles are the same. Yes, the principles are the same, that, that every uh, individual and every company or brand has to dive in the discovery phase. They have to understand how their audience perceives it. They have to understand what their values are. They have to understand what their, their traits are. So there is the same process. And then similar to the designing, uh, identifying your target, your audience, your objective, and your assets, and what you need to develop, and then delivering it. Yeah, the process is the same whether you're a company or whether you're an individual. The difference is there's, there's slight differences. Like, you know, for, the only slight difference is, for example, for an individual, I would get them to identify their top 10 values. Whereas an organization, I'd say, well, it's not the 10 values of the company it's the, the, or the individual. It's going to be the values of the organization. And the other thing that's interesting with organizations is that organizations change far, far quicker than, you know, especially small organizations. They, 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 they change a lot versus individuals. So they have to do the personal branding kind of analysis very often, like every, every year or two, to keep, keep analyzing and reanalyzing what's going on with that, right? So that, that's an important piece. 
Right. So a lot of times, Bobby, you know, when I hear the word personal brand, another word comes to my mind and that is story. Yeah. Personal brand and story, right? Is, is story the first step you talked about? Is it the part of the step one, the discover part? That's where the story will come into picture. And maybe how can you explain to someone who's listening to you right now how they can discover their story? Well, yeah. So your story is your brand and your brand is your story. They go completely in sync with one another. So usually I'll start with saying, what's your story? And and then people will tell me what the story is or they will have no idea what it is. And right. even if they know what the story is, they may feel it's not flushed out or it's not aligned or it could be better or on target. And then the second question is say, so who's the story for? And that's where we get into the target, you know, the, and the objective and the audience. And, uh, you know, most people have a story about themselves. They're, they're able to talk about their life, no problem. But is it the story they want to share? Is it the branded story that aligns with the are? So then that's when we kind of die. But the story is a driving force for the brand. And because, you know, your entire history to where you were, to where you are now, your brand started when you were born, right? The, the very moment you're born, you were a crier or you were a calm baby. You were a happy baby or an angry baby. Like, and that was your brand, right? <laughs> right. It became, you became an angry kid or a happy kid. And so right. it, it follows you along the way, right? So... Uh, that the story is the first thing we start up to start with in terms of the conversation. But right. then once we know that story, then we start honing the brand either around it or we rediscover what that story and that brand is, or we take that brand story we have and just hone it and then elevate it. Correct. So Bobby, taking this discussion slightly towards networking, this is what I read sometime back about you, that you had nicknames like Bolu the Beer, uh, Diary of the People, you know, and, and you also had like 100 best friends. So where, where this comes from, you know, is it is it comes naturally to you since your childhood days that led you to being a success in networking? Yeah, I think that uh, I've always been a connector. I've always been somebody that loves people. I'm 100% extrovert, according to Myers-Briggs. I've always been a connector, always been a joker, uh, but I also, you know, I think that uh, that, that that and you know, in when I was young or even high school, university, I was you know well known. People liked me. I, I never, you know, I wasn't really, I wasn't really abrasive. I just was a fun, loving, kind person, and so I think that really worked well for me. And then uh, I think that what really brought to the next level was in university. Then I started to become more aware of my emotional state. And I started developing a higher kind of uh, emotional intelligence. And that's when things really took off. That's when I started developing really deep personal friendships with people. And, uh, and then, yeah, by the time I became a young adult or in my late 20s, I, yeah, I said, wow, there's a lot of people here I've, I have a, I've built a really strong personal connection to that I could be strong, good friends with. And, and that became a scale. And so when I did my first TED Talk, they said, you know, what is your what is it you're really, really good at? What is your brand? This is, and, and, you know, I hadn't really thought much about it at the time, but I was like, well, I'm really good at, I'm really good at connecting. Wow. And, you know, and my wife had said, you know, you often go to, like, how, she always wondered, like, how do you go, you meet, you meet someone for coffee, right? And next thing you know, they're telling you their entire personal lives about their, about their, about their, their family and their finances and their sex lives. And <laughs> how do you do that in like an hour? How do you do that? Like, I don't know. Uh, let me think about this. And so uh, I realized um, when I prepared my first TED Talk that, um, you know, creating an environment of trust the way I was, being very proactive and asking those, you know, below the surface questions, those darker questions. But the other thing that helped was I was willing to share my own kind of vulnerability, my own authenticity of what I've struggled through, and what I've been through. And so when I saw the research by Brittany Brown that said, when you share vulnerability, people are vulnerable too. I was like, yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. And, uh, and so that's always been... Uh, something that I've had. Uh, I've always been a natural connector, but you know, I've also learned certain pieces along the way. I learned about emotional intelligence in my, you know, in my in my late youth, and then I learned about uh, vulnerability later on in my life. But I've I've been able to add those to my arsenal of being a power of connection advocate. Right. Uh, so since you know this comes naturally to you, you you are a natural connector, a power connector, if I put it that way. So for someone who goes to, let's say, networking events, conferences, exhibitions, let's say I'm going to a networking event tomorrow. So 
how can i make the best out of a networking event any tips you want to share bobby with us as to how to make maximum out of a networking opportunity yeah i mean the number one thing to keep in mind is what is your what is your goal or objective of the networking event what is it you want like is it i want to get a job okay is it uh, i want to find five new connections to help me transition into industry or i want to find a mentor like every single person has a different objective right and so so it's important to understand what is your objective for this networking event or the networking that you're doing because it's got to it's got to align with your again your your brand plan right i mean the personal brand journey there's a brand plan around your thought leadership brand building so what do you do what, what's the objective or goal once you know the objective or goal then you know what are the tactics you can take to try to achieve those goals because if your goal is to find a mentor then you're going to have to do a little bit of research on the people that are there and find ways to start conversations with those people and ask the right questions if your goal is to just develop 5 to 10 new networks networks that's a little bit easier okay now just have build a plan for approaching people and starting conversations and asking the right questions to make them a solid valuable uh, connection of your network and Correct. so th- so that's why it's important to kind of know what your target is and then you and then you put together a plan the the best networkers out there they've they have their target they have their objective and goal and they have a plan before they even go to these things right and most people don't even do that so the master networkers have already done that and then when they go there then they work on their strategies and tactics right so the things you work on is a plan strategies and tactics and your mindset right so when i work with people on networking and i have another program called networking mastery where the first the first uh, training module of that of that uh, networking module is all about building a better mindset before you even do anything let's just work on the mindset that tells you oh who am i or i'm not worth much or i have nothing to say or uh, i can't talk to people and we need to change that mindset to you know what what is the goal or objective of using that networking event and then once you build the mindset then you work on the strategies and tactics in terms of how do you approach somebody how do you have a great conversation how do you then follow up with them how do you uh, be uh, one of one of the webinars i did uh, many years ago was how to become one of the five most memorable people in the room right because anyone could do it. It doesn't matter whether you're an introvert or extrovert. Anyone can right. do it. It's a question of finding the right strategy and tactics to do that. Fantastic, Bobby. Uh I I'm totally enjoying our conversation today. Everything which you have shared with us, I'm sure this comes from years of experience and this will surely help a lot of first listening to you today to add and enrich our lives. Thanks. So Bobby, this next thing I want to ask you, I'm sure very close to your heart is called DYB movement discover your personal brand movement and i believe uh, you do this event every year and this is one of north america's biggest event right so you want to talk about the journey how this all started yeah so um you know i've been a speaker for for about uh, i guess 7 8 years and then i started as a lot of people and i became a social media influencer but over at the time 100,000 followers So people wanted to work with me. So I started getting a lot of interns and people that wanted to do projects with me. And I was really good at that. I would love love to give them projects to work on what to help to build their skills. And then one time my interns came to me and said, "Listen, Bobby, we should do a, we should do an event around personal branding." I'm like, "Oh." It's like, "I don't want to do events." I was like, "Events are oh my gosh, there's this, you know, I I was like I I was discouraged because earlier in my career, I would, you know, plan 50 hours to run an event and then, you know, eight people show up. And I was like, "What's the point of this? Like, I don't want to spend 50 hours of my time to get eight people." <laughs> it's not worth it right and so i uh i stopped but they said no let's put together something cool i said okay fine you know if you guys do the work i will use my influence to get great speakers i will promote this thing let's make it happen and we just put together a pa- we just put together a panel uh, on personal branding featuring myself and five others and what was amazing was that um on a hot august night with no air conditioning uh, and it was actually a weekend like a monday we had 120 people show up and they all paid to be there. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Uh-huh. Personal branding clearly is something that is uh powerful and people really want it. And I I, just, I I was I was shocked how how many people showed up. I would have been happy with like 40 or 50 people. I was like, 120. <laughs> and then and then next year they're like, "Oh, Bob, we should do like a full day." And I'm like, "A full day? Oh man, like bless your hearts. Let, let's let's find what 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 do you think we should do?" They're like, "Well, let's target 250 people. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are you crazy? Like 250 people. Because you know, now we're raising the price, right? Making a full day, we're raising the price. I'm like, you know, 
let's just target 100. They're like, oh, 250, 250. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. You know what? Let, let's do it. And then we put together a team. And uh, yeah, 311 people uh, came to this thing. And I was wow. Like, crazy. That's amazing. I was yeah. like, wow, like, this, is, this is crazy. And they're willing to pay to be there. Like, okay, this is. This. And so we realized that there was, a, there was a huge need for people for personal branding. And it was everybody. It was people, entrepreneurs are trying to grow their business and build their impact. It was young people trying to find greater direction in their lives. It was older people trying to reassess and repivot their careers or start a side hustle. Everyone, personal branding affected everybody. It was even successful VPs and CEOs would come because they had found the impact, they had gotten the focus, but they didn't have the alignment. Right? Personal branding gives you three things, focus, alignment, and impact. Right. So when we, say, right. when we say focus, more clarity, purpose, and direction, more alignment, so more values, fulfillment, meaningfulness, passion. And the third one is impact. So success, results, story, legacy. And so a lot of these, even the high level CEOs, they have they have the impact. They have the focus. What they're missing is alignment. They're missing the right. meaningfulness and they, they want that. I, I spoke to someone just yesterday saying, you know, he's got, done all this amazing stuff as a CEO and a VP, but he's like, the one thing he's missing is alignment. And so everyone showed up to this thing, and I was like, oh, this is great. And then we started doing it every year. And then uh, the switch happened about after the fourth year. We just, and we kept it small. I didn't want to go like the big. We always had like 300 people every year and just kept it at that. We expanded to, to a day and a half. And then um, the second last year we did it, someone said, you know, have you thought about taking this, you know, beyond just the August event? Because, you know, people need personal branding, and people feel lost and unfulfilled year-round. So you should do more right. stuff. Okay, fine. So then we decided to launch. What well, first thing we did was first we started doing a couple of size smaller events, so like a panel event in November and, and maybe a short talk in, in February and another one in May, but just small things, small potato things. And then eventually we decided to launch a startup called DYPP, Discovery Personal Brand. And so we launched it. And the, the whole point of it is now to do personal branding initiatives and leveraging our expertise year-round through you know, on-site training, live events, coaching, consulting, and online programs and tools and resources. And so that's what we've been doing now for the last two years. And since COVID hit, we've, we've, we've been, not been able to do the, inside, the on-site or the live events, but now we're focusing more, more on the online stuff. So we're, we're, we've launched the online personal branding program. We're doing, the on, we're doing online LinkedIn local events. That's, that's our focus for now. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, uh, I'm very passionate about it because a lot of people out there you know, 76% of people are unfulfilled or unhappy or dispassionate with their jobs. 80% of people, uh, you know, don't have the direction they want. And so this is exactly what we're doing to help those people. And that's why I see it as a social cause, as a social enterprise, because I had a career where I was miserable and I was unhappy and unfulfilled and stuck. And I know how that felt. And I don't want people to feel that same way. And I know many of you out there feel that same way. And so the point of this is we're trying to help you change that. And, and create more happiness and create more joy and fulfillment. If we do that, we'll create greater impact in the world. Right, right. I think listening to you right now, I, I, could, I could sense that fun element, you know, being there, attending that event. I really look forward to attend this event very soon. So, yes, keep doing the great work, Bobby. Thanks. We're, we're, we're continuing to do the most, as much as we can. Uh, so, Bobby, uh, so what is it, you know, that really drives you every day you you do doing a lot of things you have been i'm sure changing lives you have been helping people elevate to become a better version of themselves but what is it you know that really drives you every day what is that one thing that really kicks you in the morning to get out of the bed well i think it's i think it's uh, my why statement um so you know as part of the personal branding process uh, and, and even part of the, the, the course that I'm running now is that now I can tell people, sure, it's good to find your brand and it's good to work on a mission, vision and purpose statement. But start with the why. You know, Simon Sinek talked about the start with the why. And so right. the, moment, the moment I put together my why statement, I found it to be an incredible driver and motivator and fuel for everything that I do. So when I wake up, certainly hugging my kids is like it gets me, gets me excited. But my why statement is really powerful because it affects everything. Uh, it affects DYPB. It affects me as a speaker and a business owner. It affects me as a as a father. It affects me as a person, as a political advocate for you know uh, social justice and things like that. Um, it drives everything. And my why statement is: there are lost, stuck, and unfulfilled leaders everywhere. 
And what that means is everywhere I go, I meet people who are, are leaders or could be leaders who feel lost in their job, stuck in their career path, or unfulfilled in their relationship or their work. And so I know what that feels like because I've been there. And sometimes I'm still there when it comes to things that I struggle with, like maybe like my health problems or, you know, social justice challenges that are really overwhelming or even COVID, which is overwhelming. But um, it drives me because I know people, I know that's my target audience. I know how they feel. uh, And it's a catalyst for me to try to make the world a better place. So it drives me to help my kids who might feel lost, stuck on the field, to help young people who are lost, stuck on the field, to help business owners and senior leaders who are lost up unfulfilled to help people during COVID who are feeling lost, stuck and unfulfilled. And that drives everything I do. And when I wake up, I remind myself of it uh, and it fuels everything that I'm doing. I'll add one more thing though, too, which is, you know, um, knowing the impact that you have also really helps too. So, you know, I have a, a folder on my, on my, uh, in my email folders that's called motivators and People have sent me like really amazing messages over the years that just and, and they that tell me that I've had an impact on their lives and on their career and on their business. And I love that stuff. Like, you know, that even changing one person's life for the better so that there's more fulfillment, joy, and impact, man, like that stuff is just that that drives me too. And I think of those people. Uh, in fact, my coach, because I have my own business coach, he's like, Bobby, you should look up, you should read that every day. Just read one one message every day. I'm like, that's a good idea. So so now, you know, in addition to waking up with my wife, I now read the, the letters. Oh, yes, okay. No, I have, I wow. Whether it's 10 years ago or two years ago or two months ago, uh, it's good to have that because then you, then you see that there, there is purpose behind what I'm doing. I'm sure these affirmations help you stay on the track, on the course to something bigger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. So, Bobby, uh, just, uh, you know, sometime back in our conversation today, you highlighted about the term called social influencer. You, you yourself have more than a billion impressions on social media, right? So, what's your take on the changing role of an influencer on social media? So, influence is leadership. Leadership is influence, right? The whole point of leadership is to better ourselves, to be the example, to then influence other people. So if you're an influencer, I, I think that there's an opportunity, maybe an obligation, to leverage that influence from a leadership capacity to make the world a better place. And right. you know, some influencers maybe don't do that, but many of them have that have that heart set that you know I call it I call it heart leadership, right? Promoting yeah. promoting values of empathy, kindness, love, compassion to make the world a better place. And so I use my influence for those things. I'll influence from a social justice perspective. Like I'm really big on diversity, diversity inclusion. I'm really big on racial injustice, and I, I fight that stuff. And I leverage my influence all the time. I leverage my influence, influence to be an ally for women, to be an ally for LGBTQ, uh, to be an ally for the vulnerable, most vulnerable people out there, disabled, the elderly, the sick. I, I use it all the time because leadership is influence. One thing I will say, though, is that influence doesn't have to be half a million followers. Influence can be 100 people. There are people that have 100, 100 people that follow them that have more impact than those who have a million. It's mm. just a question of making sure you have the right people that are following you and the right people that you, know, you can influence. And so for me, that, that's what I think influence is all about. Influence is a big part of leadership. Uh, it's, about, it's about making everything, make yourself better, make the people around you better, make the world better. And so... Um, how is it changing? I mean, you know, obviously because of uh, COVID and more, more of a virtual thing, the influencers will probably have, particularly, particularly digital influencers, will have far more impact and uh, leverageability and will be used for stuff. But at the same time, I think we're also being more mindful that the world has changed. And so we're now more mindful of what's really important to us. And so some of the more materialistic and some of the more, you know, uh, I'm not going to say like uh, frivolous influencer type things that we used to do. Like, you know, here's me with the, with my duck face at the gym or, you know, here's, here's me, you know, like that, that type of stuff. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. less common. It's going to be less valuable to people. Uh, people are really now into, you know, deep conversations and sharing the struggle, being vulnerable, knowing we're all in this together fighting for things that we really believe in, helping the vulnerable. And I think, I think that's, a, that's a big shift that's happening and uh, people are more understanding of that. So I think that's really good. 
Great. That's fantastic, Bobby. It's good to know, uh, you know, what all things you also care for another side of Bobby, apart from what we sure. see on the social media. Uh, so this this takes me to the last part of the show, which I call the one minute round. And uh, we'll have a minute each to answer these questions, which I'm going to pop to you. So here we go. What success means to you? Uh, success is, well, I mean, it's different for each people, but I, I define success uh, by increasing fulfillment in four areas of your life. The people in your life, so family, friends, all that kind of stuff, work, coworkers, the work in your life, so whether it's paid work or, you know, volunteer work, the passion pursuits, so like extra curriculum, so you, maybe you do yoga, rock climbing, stamp collecting, whatever. And the fourth one is a spiritual mental thing, you know, religious, mental, spiritual, whatever, however you want to do it. And so the more you increase the fulfillment in all four of those areas of your life, the more success you have. And I think a lot of people define success by one or two of those things, and they let the other two drop, and they realize, oh, this sucks, and they're, they're unhappy. So for me, success is really increasing all four of those things to that ultimate level of fulfillment. And the more you do that, the more success you will feel. And you'll note it has nothing to do with money. One book which you recommend everyone should read. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I, I, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not an avid reader of books, um, and I haven't really read very many leadership books. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a doer, and I, I learn by experience. I learn by talking to people. Um, but you know, if there's one book that I think really I love that espouses the a leadership for me is Harry Potter. If you look at the entire Harry Potter series. There's incredible themes around love, loyalty, bravery, courage, right and wrong, doing what's hard versus what's easy. Um, and there's so much, uh, the, 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 the power of learning, the power of being smart and knowledgeable, the power of being loving, the power of having support, um, the power of community, the power of standing up for what you believe in. There's just so much there. That I think, uh, especially now when we have in many, many political uh, ways, we think it's kind of dark times. Uh, the lessons and, and the lessons and morals from that story, I think, are really powerful for for leadership, for community, for um, for fighting for for, you know, what is what is fair, kind and justice and justice. So I think that's a great book. Great book series. What's happiness for Bobby? Happiness, well, I relate happiness to fulfillment, right? I mean, it's the same thing. Fulfillment is more important than happiness. Happiness is something that brings you joy in a moment, right? That's what happiness is, right? So uh, I just had a burger. Oh, my gosh, I'm happy. My, my kid just hugged me. Oh, my gosh, I'm happy, right? But fulfillment is more important than happiness. I'm gonna say, and, and here's why. Because I'm a parent, okay? Parenting is extremely fulfilling. It brings me tons of happiness, but it also brings you tons of pain. The, you know, the, the night I had to, you know, carry my daughter for 45 minutes and then my back was hurting and then she wouldn't go to sleep. She's crying and it's three o'clock in the morning. But uh, I, I wasn't happy, but I was fulfilled because I, I knew my purpose. I knew this is what I'm here, meant to do and I'm doing this for her. And that was fulfilling to me to, to be a parent. When my kids scream and yell and they're upset, I'm upset when my kids get hurt. But when I take care of them, I'm fulfilling my purpose as a parent. And so for me, Fulfillment is the most important thing versus happiness. Happiness is certainly nice to have, but if you're happy all the time, then you're not going to struggle. You're not going to be vulnerable. You're not going to strive for better. So I think happiness is good to have in fleeting moments and you know to find gratitude in every moment, but ultimately fulfillment is what we should all want. The last line of your autobiography would read? The last line of my autobiography? Wow. Um, hmm. Well, one thing I've often said is, um, you know, fight for your life, fight for the life that you want, fight for the fight for the work you want to do, fight for the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, and if not you, then who? And if not now, then when? That's what I would say. Wow. Uh, so, Bobby, uh, here's one thing I want to ask you: consider yourself to be standing in a room. You're the only person in that room. The lights are dim. And then someone walks into that room. Now this person comes and stands in front of you. And this is 
the younger version of Bobby, maybe a 20-25 year old Bobby. He comes and stands in front of you. He looks into your eyes and very innocently asks you, what's the best way to live life? So what would be your answer to this younger version of Bobby? Well, I think think the first thing I'll say is take the time to understand who you are and what drives you and what you care about, what your passions are. Take the time to understand that kind of stuff. That's the biggest thing. Uh, And then work to find a path that addresses exactly what that is, who you are, what you want to be, what you care about, what your values are. Uh, You know, there's this, there's this great expression where, you you know, people will, uh, uh, they'll, they'll go to, they'll go to school and they, and then they'll, and they'll figure out what, and then they'll figure out what they want to do. And so they'll learn what they want to do at school. Then they figure out what they want to do with their, with their career. And then they basically live a life based on what that is. I'm an accountant. I make a hundred thousand a year. Here's the type of life I can have. But what you should do is think about what kind of life it is you want to live, right? And then learn how to do that and then do it. And that's that's the way you should you should you know look, look at your life. So I would tell that person to really invest in their brand, invest in understand, invest in their why and their purpose statement, and figure out something that's going to fulfill the rest of your life to create the impact in, in that world. And I tell I tell the same thing to my kids. You know what I tell my you know what, you know what I tell my kids every day before they go to school. I say look. I say, I say, I always say, well, I always say I love you, but then I say, have fun, learn lots, make people feel good. And I say that every day. Wow. Bobby, it's been such a privilege and honor listening to you today and talking to you and knowing about the big things you're doing in life and what all you're passionate about. I, I really had fun, you know, with this conversation good. of ours today. Great, glad to hear. That's great. Right. And so, Bobby, what's the, best, what's the best way for people to reach to you and to connect with you? Well, I mean, uh, the you know, you can follow me across my LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram pages, right? Uh, the, those are those easy ones to follow. And then you can also reach out to me via my two websites, which is rayallen.com and dypb.ca. Um, and uh, yeah, you can check out all the things I'm working on, including the, some of the online programs that I'm launching, including the personal branding launch program. that I, I just launched it a month ago, so I'm very excited about that. And I just I'm working on a storytelling one, and I'm working on another one as well. So I'm always working on stuff. Check out my check out my stuff and follow me. Ask any questions along the way. Right. So Bobby, uh, thank you, and best wishes to you for all your future upcoming projects and all your future endeavors. And more power to you for whatever you do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hustle with Harmeet. If you're listening to us on iTunes, please don't forget to leave a 5-star review on the Apple Podcast. If you're listening to us on Spotify, do click on the follow button. If there's any feedback from this episode, you may write to us on hermitspeaks at gmail.com. Also, do check out our Instagram handle at the rate hustle with Hermit for all the latest updates. I'll catch up with you all next week. And yes, remember... Don't give up on your life and dreams. Keep working hard, keep moving ahead and keep hustling. Because one day, your success will make all the noise. This is your host, Harmeet Singh, signing off. Goodbye.